Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Keith Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, hopefully the sound quality is not uh, terrible here. We are in the squat and bench room here in the gym uh, with no microphones, uh, just going right into the phone. Uh, I know it's recording. Um, I can see it recording, but if it's really loud, I apologize. Anyways, uh, with me is Chelsea. Hey guys. Who has not been on the podcast in over a year. Uh, despite Sorry. the fact that you know, it's our gym, but whatever. Hey, you're the one who likes to talk. It's okay. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Um, anyhow, uh, today uh, brought Chelsea in because she was telling me um, we're just we're just talking about like um, some things that we're experiencing with clients recently in terms of. Um, Dieting, nutri- nutrition, and, and 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 really just weight loss in general, and and I won't say like um, they're wrong or they they're they're reading something but incorrect, but they they, they have some misconceptions, and, and uh, so Chelsea had a few that, that she wanted to talk about, and we just kind of discussed that, and uh, as always, we always want you to learn something in these podcasts or take something away. So I'll have a little bit of a, a wrap up uh, at the end, but uh, take it away, Chelsea. Yeah, well, I think you know, with it being the beginning of the year, um, a lot of clients come in, you know, current and new clients come in with um, weight loss goals and you know their goals for the new year, um, and obviously they are very gung ho about you know losing that weight fast most of them are um and you know they're asking advice on how to do it properly um but i think what a lot of people you know don't realize and don't take into account is you know like kind of like our success formula that we use with clients where it's not just about you know the exercise necessarily or not just about the nutrition you know it's about exercise nutrition sleep stress management all of the above and then all obviously you know their motivation um level and and their consistency in the gym so you know it's when you think about all of those little things it's actually a lot of hard work that you know goes into hitting those goals um and i think a lot of people just think you know when it comes to nutrition or or they think dieting and i have to restrict, restrict, restrict calories just to lose this weight fast within a certain amount of time. Um, So, you know, just giving your clients, you know, setting them up for not just a short-term goal, but a long-term goal and making sure they're losing that weight in a, you know, a healthy manner. And, you know, as far as nutrition goes, making sure that they're, um, you know, developing healthy eating habits and eating whole foods and and eating when they're hungry and and making sure you know I tell my clients I can calculate the their BMR and and then we can find out how much um, or how many calories they should be eating on their days working out as opposed to their days not working out Um, what what though would you say I mean and you don't have to use a specific 
client example unless, unless it makes sense. But what would you say is like the biggest thing that they are saying to you or the biggest thing that, that they're, you're having conversations with your clients about what specifically with weight loss? Like what's the big, the big misconception that they have? Well, I just think that like one is just like I have to restrict calories and I have to restrict and a lot of them know like you know don't eat sugars don't eat you know super starchy carbs and you know don't drink soda you know and they say you know those things which, which are great which is a great start but I think that a lot of people just think you know they don't know how to figure out a nutrition plan that's right for them that's going to set them up for long-term success where they just think I'm just gonna diet, lose this weight, and then um, I'll be good. But that those diets are aren't you know long term. You know, yeah. they're not gonna set you up for long term success. And you know they'll end up gaining that weight back. They're not gonna end up you know they may end up hitting their goals, but they're gonna end up just you know gaining all that weight back when they start some maybe somewhat eating normal or they have a cheat day so to say. And you know they just the balance isn't there, I think. They just, they get really gung-ho and then just like, I've seen it a lot, they just dip off and you know, it's just... Well, it's, it, it's the all or nothing mentality. Yeah. It's, they think, um, or oftentimes it's the, the, the thought process that if I have to lose weight, I eat less. And so I eat less, I eat less, and maybe, maybe you're successful a little bit with the calorie restriction, especially if you were overeating before, um, but, one of two things happens like you said it's not done in a smart manner uh a controlled manner so they don't get uh the education on how to sustain that for the long time for a long haul or maybe when to add calories back in if needed right but, but also to your point about the cheat day <clears throat> you know building some of those things in and, and allowing yourself to have something like that is is great for your mental health but what you have to understand is that um the, the what can happen when you do have that all or nothing mentality when you do go off of your plan you take it very personally or take it very hard it's that that spectrum that locus of control spectrum so if you're very internally driven when you have successes you're like I did it I worked hard I achieved my goal yeah. and I'm proud of myself which is great but when you fail if you're all the way internal I suck I'm terrible I knew I couldn't do it, I give up, I quit. Yeah. Versus that external where if you win, you're like, well, I mean, I yeah, I showed up and I did the work, but I couldn't have done it without you, Pete, or you, Chelsea. You guys helped me along the way, and everyone helped me. It was a group effort. But when they fail, if you're all the way external, it becomes, hey, I was here. I did everything. You guys were the ones that were on the program and right. told me what to eat. It's right. your fault I didn't lose weight. Right. And so you obviously you, you want to you want to praise yourself and you want to have those good moments of, of self reflection, but you also need to identify those that help you as well and, and realize that it's all um, you know a spectrum in terms of how you feel about it. So knowing that that is what you need to you need to tell your clients that just just what we said so that. If they are saying, well, I'm going to start by cutting out 500 calories and this, 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 and this, which may be, they may, you might help them make the better choices, but to know that if one day they screw up and, you know, have a, you know, McDonald's drive-through or, 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 you know, have too many beers on the weekend or something that they're trying to stop, it's not going to 
totally ruin their Yeah, well, I think that that's a lot of people's fear. I've heard that so many times from clients. They come in, they're like, you know, oh, like, you know, I had, you know, yeah, I had too many beers this weekend and uh, on one day and or I or I ate that McDonald's cheeseburger like the one thing and I'm like okay well if you're not eating it every single day I'm not telling you to go get a McDonald's cheeseburger but yeah like if you eat it one one time is not going to kill you I think people think that as soon as they inhale that burger it's just gonna go right to you know fat on their (laughs) on their stomach (laughs) yeah and that's where that's where you the, the coach then just tell them Paint a picture of yeah that one time is not the perfect and you, and you let you prove that by saying you know over the course of one day if you had that you could you could mark that one day as a not a not a win or you know yeah. maybe not the greatest day but then you add it into the whole week okay well one day out of the week wasn't bad and if it was only one day out of the whole month then it's really not bad right and if it was one day out of every couple months then it's not going to even affect you those extra calories right right you know and so you kind of you have to look at it at that macro level um to to help them and that's that's the kind of like what we sell them in our in the consultation right but that's they need to be reminded of that like, right hey yeah you, yeah. Yes. You probably shouldn't have had that 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 drive-through, but it's not gonna it's not gonna derail you completely, like you said, unless you do it every single day. Right. Well, yeah. And I just think that people are restrict themselves a lot, which will cause you know you can your stomach can bloat, your body can hold on to weight, your metabolism is affected when you decrease calories too much. Like yeah. I've had several clients go under 1200 calories and some of them being males, just yeah. thinking that they have to lose the weight. And I'm like, you can't do that. It's just, A, it's not sustainable. B, your metabolism is screwed up. You just need to eat enough of the right things right. and you'll be fine. Well, and, and I think the other thing using the, that DMR and Harris Benedict. That's key, or, or, yeah. Well, right, 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 right. But the, the, that's what we use. There's a lot of the the total daily energy expenditure TDEE calculators out there that calculate your BMR right. and then and then give you the activity factor. But and unless you go and explain to them that that activity factor is like you said at the, at the beginning of the podcast, it's based on what you're doing for that day. So your daily right. caloric intake will vary based on how active you are. And so that's I think for me. Uh, not me personally, but some of the clients I've had and, and have kind of shown them this, one one mistake they've made is they've gone and they've done the calculations. They're like, oh, for maintenance, I need 2,800 calories for, you know, and based on my activity factor and I'm trying to lose weight, I need to subtract 20% or 500 calories, whatever. And they come up with a number of 2,500 is their, is their number, okay? That's, that's good for the days that they're coming into the gym and doing what they need to do. But on the days that they're sitting around watching football, uh, which there's no problem doing that, but there's on the activity factor list or on the the equation, there's formulas for when you're sedentary. And that's obviously going to be far less. And so that's where they forget to change that. So they come up with that one number, 2,500, and they're like, oh, 2,500 for, that's, that's my number for weight loss. That's what the formula said. Yeah. But what the problem then is, you know, if you eat 2,500 on the calorie calories on the days that you're not doing anything, that then negates the the days you know, that you actually the days that you yeah. actually did. And so then 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 they wonder like, well, this formula doesn't work. I've been eating 2,500 strict. They show you the food diary, and yes, they have, 
But then I'm like, well, I only saw you three days last week. What did you do on the other four days? Well, you know, I was working and I went home and you know hung out with the kid. They yeah. they were far less active, yeah. but had that 2,500 every day. So they you need to take that extra step with them to to let them know that the activity factor is going to change day to day. It's not just like I'm in a phase right now where I'm working out three to five days a week. So this is the calorie. This is it. You know, if you're working extremely hard, you might need more. Um, and that's that's a, a little bit of a nuance to the Paris Benedict, but I think that's why it, it, it helps. Yeah. Well, and some people freak out when you give them a calorie and say, they're like, I can't eat this many calories and lose weight. Like, there's then you have that side of the whole right. equation. So there's a lot of different. But then, like, looking, I think a few other things are, like, another thing that a lot of clients come in with are, like, oh, like, I just want to focus on this one body part. Like, I need to lose weight here, so I just want to focus on, like, upper body, or just want to focus on, so we're just, or core, you know, or I just want to focus on legs. You know, just, and, and, and yeah, everybody has their places that they want to lose weight, but I think the biggest thing is a lot of people don't understand that you can't just spot reduce specifically, and where those, you know, how we train and doing total body exercises are what's going to get you to that point and burn more calories if you're looking for weight loss, get your heart rate up. And not that you can't add in those exercises as well to, you know, more specific exercises to strengthen those muscles and, you know, but... Well, that, that, that's that's going to build those muscles in that area so when you do lose the body right. fat in that area, right. those muscles look good. Right, right. You could just lose body fat and still not look muscular or the, the, the aesthetic that you want. Yeah. The muscle yeah. itself looks good. Right. right? That's, you still have to work the muscle, right. of course. But well, the intensity has to be it, there. That's what I think right. a lot of people don't understand in that that sense. That's, like, that, yeah. I think, from a weight loss perspective, well, really, I know we're talking mainly weight loss today, but really for any kind of outcome uh, or training effect, we could say, whether that's muscle gain or weight loss, intensity is the, the big driver. And, and you, I know you listeners have heard me talk about that a million times but but like Chelsea said it's 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 understanding the intensity a understanding what it feels to work intense intensely and and b um, you know that, that, that they're going to have to really push themselves to elicit that change like I was telling what was it? this is the fourth day in a row we've done a podcast I'm getting confused on what days I said what but uh, <laughs> earlier this week when I mentioned you know we use the hand thigh lift as a introduction to intensity. So if you didn't hear that podcast of the day, just very briefly, you know, some of our clients, like Chelsea's saying, don't understand how the intensity works or what it feels like to work very intensely. And, and having them do that hand thigh lift, which is basically a very limited range of motion rack pull, and then holding the weight, uh, it gets really heavy really quick. And your body understands very quickly, this is really hard, this is super intense. And you, you're, you, you are usually using a weight that's way more than you can deadlift off the ground. So they feel that intensity, but it's not uh, taxing. It's not going to hurt them. They're very safe. The bar is only like an inch or so above the, the um, maybe three or four inches above the pins. So no one's getting hurt. No one's getting um, uh, uh, messed up there, but they can feel the intensity. And that's an introduction to, hey, this is what it's going to feel like to work really hard and push yourself. And that's just a safe way to do it. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, I think just 
getting across the, the intensity has to be there and you know you can work the, the one your abs all day long but if you're not you know, doing anything to for to burn body fat and the intensity's not there you're not gonna you're not gonna see those ab muscles necessarily so it's just it's it's just common common misconceptions and um, I think another one is definitely consistency too I think that's a big one and just making sure you know they're coming in consistently and um, and make you know and you have some clients who will cancel on you a lot and then they'll be like well why am I not losing the weight so, yeah. you know and then you're like well you maybe only came in like twice this month and that's probably why you know just a lot of times and the people can go gung-ho for a month and then they fall off for a month and they right. go on for a month and then off and then it's just like you know the yo-yo effect and it's just you're never going to get there so i think well and, and and that's where as trainers again to help those of you listening who are coaches and trainers that in order to combat that because that is a problem obviously the you know you you've heard me talk before about not being we're not trying to be best friends although we do generally you know, uh, build a friendly rapport with our clients and, and sometimes do become friends with them and hang out with them socially outside of the gym. And we, we have that a lot, which is yeah. awesome. And I love that about what we do, but um, the whole goal when they're coming in there, whether they're your friend or not, in this setting, you, they are paying you to make the changes they can't make themselves. Right, right. And so, you know, you're doing them a disservice if you're allowing them to not work uh, out in, in as intense as they need to, or not giving them the proper you know guidance on nutrition. Again, we don't write their meal plans because that's not what trainers do. But um, that's that's where it gets really frustrating. You know, like I was talking uh, the other day, you know, being or yesterday, being original. Um, you know, being being different or taking a new spin or new look at something, one of the things you might need to do with your training, with your clients, is think about, am I, you know, just coming in and providing a, a really nice, fun, uh, lively atmosphere and being friendly, or am I doing that but, but it, only when they're working hard? Am I letting them off the hook? Am I doing, I mean, like we said before, there's all kinds of different trainers. You don't have to be the drill sergeant. You don't have to be the cheerleader all the time. It, those you can kind of, you know, go in and out of those, or you can have a style of your own. As long as when the you know proverbial crap hits the fan, you gotta make sure that they're doing what they need to do to progress. Yeah, and that's that's your job as the trainer, and I think that's where um, it can be really hard to do that because especially when you do like client or when they're brand new and you don't want to scare them away but at the same time you're not helping them because remember you're the expert yeah that could be awkward to confront them and and call them out on missing sessions or call them out on not pushing themselves hard enough or you know because everyone takes it differently some people are motivated by that and some people will take that very personally but yeah at the end of the day you, you know you need to reevaluate yeah why I mean you need to do your job as a trainer and I think a lot of people and I'm you know I think we are all guilty of just like sometimes just sitting back and be like oh you know it's fine today you know they want to they're talking and you know we're kind of holding the conversation and 
you know, they may not be pushing themselves as hard as, you know, I want them to, but, you know, it's all good. But, you know, just, I think it's just make sure that they're, you know, like you said, they are paying for the service and you want to make sure that they're getting, they're reaching their goals and getting to where, where they want to be. And it may be, you may have to have difficult conversations <laughs> to get to that point. Well, and, and I think what helps there, you know, to, to avoid those difficult conversations is when you do your consultations yeah. and, and you set out expectations. You could even go so far as to have them sign a, a contract, you know, like a, uh, I, I, you know, vow to you know, listen to my trainer <laughs> do what I'm talking but this this is my stated goal I'm signing off on this goal and I'm trusting Chelsea or Pete or whoever to get me to that goal so that whenever there is a tough conversation that has to happen you can always leave hey remember when you and I sat down to write that contract I agreed that I was going to give you what I needed to give you you agreed to uh Follow that advice, but then also, you know, do what you need to do outside of the gym, too. So, something's not working. We need to sit down and together and figure it out. Yeah. And then, you because then it's not you coming down on them. Right. And you're also reminding them that they did make that commitment before, and that's what they signed up for. Right. And so, yeah, you can be hard on them, but at the, at the, at the end of the day, and I truly believe this, it's just like with parenting. And again, I'm not going to get too far off on a parenting tangent, because, you know, um, we all have our faults with parenting, but if um, you know, kids need structure. Kids want structure. They may not be able to verbalize it when they're three, four, or five years old, but if you give them structure, they usually fall in line. They might gripe and cry or you know resist a little bit, but if you just let them do whatever they want whenever they want, it may be great for you at the time because they're not crying, but when they're you know in their teens or, or older. They have a, a, a very entitled attitude, right? Or a, or a very, you know, then you try to tighten the reins on them and it's too late. You're like, you can't punish me now. You've never punished me for this for 13 yeah. years. I didn't know any different, Dad. Right. Like, you didn't teach me that. You right. know, so with the clients, you have to be, hold them accountable from, from day one. That way, they just know. They just know that, you know, if they're not holding up their end of the bargain, that it's not just their fault, but that when you do call them out on it, they're not going to take it the wrong way or take it as you being mean or even take it as, well, I didn't know. I just, you know, I just came in and did what you said. No, it'll be understood what's expected of them. Right. And again, that's not easy. Don't, I'm not saying that that's an easy, easy thing to do, but as a coach and trainer, that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Well, the communication should be there and, you know, checking in on goals, setting new goals, and just making sure that you're not, both of you aren't getting complacent where you're at, um, I think is just very helpful. And not only, you know, making sure they get to where they want to be, but making sure you're, that'll help you retain the client. They'll be happy and they'll be, they'll hit success and they'll refer other people to you and so on and so forth. You know, it, it's, it's definitely will, you know, boost your credibility as a trainer and hopefully get even more clients because of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's how that works. Word of mouth. Yep. What other, or are there any other major misconceptions that you were thinking of? Um, I mean, if not, maybe do it. Not really. Those are kind of the main ones. Well, again, hopefully gave you, you know, I tried to give you some rebuttals to what Chelsea was saying, you know, or not rebuttals, but ways around, ways to fix some of those misconceptions that Chelsea brought up. Um, but in general, just to kind of end it today, 
just remember that when it comes to weight loss, and kind of bring it back to what we first started talking about, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. There's a lot of different methods. There's a lot of different meal plans out there. And the hardest part about being a trainer right now is all of our clients have access to the same information we do. Even our te textbooks, which used to be sacred, you know, like only the, only the people who went to school for it or, or bought the certification had those textbooks. Yeah. Now you can find those online. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can find them anywhere. Or you could go buy one yourself and figure it out. So a lot of our clients are well-read. But there's a lot of crap out there, too. Well, yeah, well but see, that's... <laughs> that's the, the problem. That, well, that's the problem, but that's also my point, is that you are still the expert. So when they come in, they might read about this or hear about this or they've seen something like this, but you can contextualize it a lot better than they can. In other words, you can, they, they might say, it's not a weight loss thing, but one of the biggest things recently is the, uh, the wearables. Yeah. So you've got your heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is a great tool, yeah. but most people don't even know how to use it correctly. Well, that's the thing. And then but, they become obsessed with well, it. Well, well, beyond that, beyond that, they, they, they don't, it's a, it's a highly, um, it, it's a specialized thing that can really help elite athletes make that, you know, 1% change to get, to go from, you know, being bronze to being gold. Like, you know what I mean? It's not It's not something the everyday gym goer doesn't need to say, well, I'm, I was going to go see Chelsea today, but my whoop said I'm only 30% recovered, <laughs> so I'm not going in. Now, that might mean that Chelsea doesn't have you max out that day. Okay, that's fair. But leave it to Chelsea or me or your trainer or you, the trainer, to make that decision, right? You interpret that data for them because you you know that better. You you, you know more resources out there. You can put things together in a broader picture than, than that one topic that they just read about, read an article about. Right. And they may not be wrong. They may be telling you facts. But the thing is, um, they're looking for validation. They're, they may be bringing these things up. But you have to make sure that uh, you are up to speed on some of these things. Uh, We've worked with clients before, or, or I should say, we've worked with trainers before that their their response to, to learning anything new was like, oh, well, I've been doing this for years and it's always worked, so I'm just going to stick with what I'm doing. And, you know, that's fine if that's what they want to do, but, you know, if you got certified in 1995, things have changed. I mean, my first certification was 1999. You know, I had an ACSM cert in 1999. Uh, don't even remember exactly what was on that test, but I guarantee you things are different now. You know what yeah. I mean? Anyways, well, we'll wrap up for there, but uh, it's great to have Chelsea on. And um, if you guys have any questions, like uh, any misconceptions that you've heard with your clients, or things, if you're not a trainer, if you're if you're a gym goer or have a personal trainer or whatever, uh, and you have some thoughts on this or some ideas uh, on how to combat some of these things, uh, drop us uh, a, a, a comment uh, on our on our post about the podcast or in our direct messages. We'll be happy to answer it and, and maybe even make a podcast out of it. Um, anything else, Jess? I think that's it. All right. Well, hey, don't forget, if you're looking for programming, uh, you can always go to our website. And we've got a few programs for sale already on the, pro on the website, and we're adding more uh, all the time. And that would really help us out. Have a good one. See you guys.